Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So we have a little bit of a different kind of episode today. Um, I think you, if you listen all the way through, you know, at the end of every episode, you'll hear something that I say, which is life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. And I don't actually remember right now if I've ever really talked that much about why um, I say life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. Uh, But, you know, what's really interesting is when I was first starting my coaching business, I had started it. So I, I, you know, I had my coaching business um, started. It was really, really early. And I went to a, uh, a retreat uh, with my coaching school. I was in a, in a master level training program and I went to a a retreat. We had these in-person retreats and, you know, we went to, to work on our coaching and to work on our businesses and one of the sessions was something all about like your, you know, your big ideas and your, you know, just sort of like, what do you, like, what do you, what makes you different from other people? And I had this massive download. Um, I remember literally going to the, the, the restroom and like feeling like I had this like voice came to me and it said, Actually, it said it in a different way. It said, life is hard, so what are you going to do about it? And I remember it came to me, and I thought, oh, my God, like, that is the name of my podcast. Because during this this three days, I was getting all these downloads about, like, how I, what I wanted to create and do. And, you know, I'm a creative. And, and I was like, I need a podcast. I mean, this is in 2018, okay? Like, the podcast didn't actually come to fruition until 2021. But – so in 2018, I get this download, life is hard, so so what are you going to do about it? And I thought, okay, like that's my podcast name. Now, when I first started developing my podcast, I actually thought I was going to call it life is hard, so what are you going to do about it? And then after really sort of, you know, working on what this show was going to be and whatever, obviously I changed the name to Passionate and Prosperous. Um, and did trademark <laughs> life is hard, so what are you going to do about it? Um, because it will be something that I do. I think it'll be the title of my first book. But I still use that um, that phrase, whatever you want to call it, um, at the end of the show. And I talk about it a lot. And I know where it came from. So I'm going to tell you that today. So as you probably know, 
if you're listening to this anytime, you know, around when it's coming out, this will end up coming out on, I believe, like Wednesday, October 25th, which is two days before Passionate and Prosperous Live. So starting next Friday, we have our big event, Passionate and Prosperous Live. It's October 27th and 28th. It's live here in New York City. Um, it's also virtual, available on Zoom. Um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's something that I invest a tremendous amount of time, energy, and money to put on. And I'm I put it on because it's for it's for my business. I'm, I'm transparent about that. And it's also for my community. And it's for you. And it's for my clients. I actually consider the event to be part of, like I call it client fulfillment, right? Like people spend money to work with me and be in the Passion and Prosperous Academy and um and have me as their coach. And this is one of the many ways that I that I that I serve them, right? Which is by creating a spectacular opportunity to come and be together, to be in person, to do higher level, you know, not higher level than what we do in the academy, but just to like to take things to a next level, which is only possible when you come together in this way, right? In this sort of concentrated way. So I'm getting ready for the event and I'm recording this uh, episode and we're currently experiencing a, a, a horrible atrocity in the world. The Israeli-Hamas war is, is happening and it's extremely, extremely upsetting and extremely um, emotionally draining to know what is happening um, in, in our world and how people are suffering um, and I'm not even talking about what side anyone's on or who's right or wrong. I am a Jewish woman. Um, but what is happening to people, to humans, um, is horrible. And I know that I'm not the only person that has kind of felt the weight of that, like that feels feels something, knowing that that's happening. Um, I don't know anyone personally who's been killed, but I have friends who do, and I am in conversation with people that I love and that are very close to me who have already lost people um, in Israel. Um, and so, you know, I was getting ready to come in to record the show today, and I was thinking like, wow, you know, I'm getting ready for my event, which is, you know, a little over a week away, and it's a lot to get ready. I mean, I'm I do all kinds of new content and it, it's just a big deal. And, you know, on top of that, like this has, this is happening in our world and it's impacting um, us. And, and these are emotional things that, you know, that we have to contend with as humans and, and, and humanitarians and people that care about other people. And then on a personal level, you know, my cat, uh, who is 18 years old, um, is, it has been I, we've been told that she's in heart failure now. So she started uh, breathing very weird last Monday night, and um, you know this this is my cat that I rescued 18 years ago, and she's my daughter, and I'm you know it was very very upsetting, and we spent a lot of time last week at the vet, and you know kind of like figuring out, and she's she's stable right now, she's okay, but um, <clears throat> that's going on, and. Um, whatever. Personal life shit happens all the time. 
And so when I was getting ready to come in for the episode today, I was thinking about, well, first I was thinking like, I don't want to record an episode. I'm just being totally honest here. I was like, I'm not up for it. I'm focusing on my event. I'm exhausted. I lost so much sleep last week because of worrying about my cat. I literally would wake up at two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning and check that she was like breathing and alive because she was really like breathing weird last week. And now, you know, she's finally getting a little bit more stabilized. My husband had this like terrible cough that we didn't know what it was. And he was coughing all night and snoring and keeping me up. I literally felt like I didn't sleep for a week. And I was letting that get me, like letting that make me worried about my event, like literally feeling like, oh my God, like I have to be rested. I have to be feeling good. I I, I have to be I have to have the ability to create my content and and practice my, you know, what I'm doing. I mean, I'm going to be delivering 16 hours worth of content to to everyone. Um, and so I was like going, you know, having that experience for myself and worrying about myself and then worrying about everybody else and worrying about the world. And when I was thinking about recording tonight, I thought, you know, I need to come in and talk about this because life is hard, so what are you going to do about it, is exactly this. And so when I came up with life is hard, so what are you going to do about it, when that came to me as a download, I'm going to tell you where it came from. So I'm sure that if you listen to the show, you know that I have been teaching. I mean, I haven't been teaching yoga since the pandemic, like in a classroom, but I still consider myself a yoga teacher because I never ever considered myself to be somebody who only taught the poses of yoga, um, you know, as a workout. But I, I have always considered myself to be someone who has taken yoga um, very seriously as a way of understanding the human mind, the brain, our thoughts, our energy body, our systems, like what it, our soul and our spirit and what it really, like, like to me, yoga is this like quintessential, like all-encompassing um, way of looking, a science, a philosophy, uh, a, a, and a practice, a way of understanding the, like being human and what to do about it. And I, through yoga, I really became an expert in how human brains work and how human bodies work and how human systems work and how we have a somatic approach to managing being people. And I did my yoga teacher training. And this is the part that I didn't remember if I've ever really talked about this on the show. I was registered to, to start my yoga teacher training, which was supposed to start like the week of 9-11, like the 9-11, not like an anniversary of 9-11, but 9-11 in 2001, my first yoga teacher training that I ever was signed up to do. And I say first, cause I've done so many trainings, you know, and studied with so many incredible advanced level teachers in, since then. But that very first training was supposed to begin, it was either the week of or the week after 9-11. And I lived in downtown Manhattan in Chelsea and the yoga studio that I went to where 
I was to do my yoga teacher training was in the village. So even further downtown. So if you're not a New Yorker and you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, the World Trade Center was all the way downtown. And the village in Chelsea where I live was pretty close, like pretty close to the um, ground zero. And so subsequent to 9-11, I lived in the area that was cut off to traffic for a little while. Like you couldn't, there was only a certain point that you could go below uh, while, I mean, literally right after, um, while it was still you know burning and sifting through rubble and, and looking for bodies. And so we weren't even able to go to the yoga center because you weren't allowed, like they couldn't be open for a little while, right? And then once like things opened up and people were starting to, you know, be able to move move around again and go below certain parts, um, the yoga studio resumed classes and then we started our teacher training. And so I became a certified yoga teacher between October and December 2001. And I started teaching yoga, like, pretty much right away. Like, I, I literally, like, I the studio that I did my training at, they gave me an opportunity to teach, and I took it, and I started teaching immediately. And I was very, very, very uh, motivated to, you know, to get classes on schedules at gyms and whatever. And I really, really went all in um, and started my yoga teaching career. But I was teaching yoga to, to New Yorkers who had just lived through the most traumatic, like, real-life experience of, te- you know, of terrorism that any of us had ever— I mean, obviously, it was new to everyone. I'm, people had experienced difficult things. I had experienced difficult things. My father died when I was 19 years old. Um, my family all but, like, fell apart. After that, my 20s were a very, very, very rough time financially. Um, you know, I think I've shared before that, you know, there was periods of time where I was only living in sublets and sleeping on friends' couches because I couldn't get an apartment and all my stuff was in storage. And I was working as an actor during that time. I was, even though I was having such a hard time I also, at the same time, simultaneously, was in a Broadway show. I was in Fiddler on the Roof, the revival of Fiddler on the Roof with Topol in 1991. Um, I was in lots of other, like, amazing shows, like, around the country. I was on tons of TV commercials and was a voiceover artist and was doing singing gigs. And and simultaneously, it was having a really hard life, like a really hard personal life. But I was doing whatever I had to do. There were times that I had like three or four jobs. I was working. I remember I was working at, at something called Toy Fair. It was kind of like a like like the the current version of it would be something like a something con, right? Toy con. <laughs> it was like where you know, like a toy fair where there where all the manufacturers were selling all the the upcoming season's toys, and I was like a demonstrator. And I worked at sample sales, and I was a temp, and I did catering, and I cleaned the acting studio that I really wanted to study at in exchange for classes. Um, all while also getting work and 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 having a life and and not being a miserable person, being a happy person. Um, and yet, 
the trauma of 9-11, like what happened in our city, um, left, uh, you know, obviously a huge aftermath. And here I was out in the world teaching yoga to people who were having post-traumatic stress syndrome, to people who were not okay, to people whose nervous systems were are, were a wreck. And so instead of coming out of the gate as a yoga teacher who, and I'm not saying that like, I think I would have been like a more superficial yoga teacher if this hadn't happened, but I don't know. Like, I have no idea if I had come out of my yoga teacher training under normal times, having been like a dancer and a performer and just loving the body and movement and whatever, I actually don't know if I ever would have gone as as deep into, into understanding that the function of a yoga practice is to regulate the nervous system. And the way our nervous systems need to be regulated is very specific to whatever's going on. And what I mean by that is sometimes we need to be stimulated. Our nervous systems need to be stimulated. They need to be activated, right? We need to raise our energy. We need to get motivated. We need to move faster. We need to create more motivation and 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 that that feeling of energy when you're like doing hard stuff when you're being physically you know demanding on yourself and you're sort of like you're pushing and you're you know you're 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 really stimulating though your your nervous system you're putting what we call a lot of weight on it you're putting weight on your nervous system which makes it work harder which makes you uh secrete more of the chemicals and hormones in your body that are called stress hormones and stress chemicals, right? Like cortisol and adrenaline. Um, And sometimes that's good for you, sometimes. But a lot of the time, what you really need for your nervous system is the opposite. And it's to calm it down. And it's to acknowledge that nervous systems have capacity for how much they can handle. And that when a nervous system is overburdened and 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 it has more than it can handle, we have to know what to do with that. Otherwise, we're going to walk around jacked and feeling horrible and confused and anxious and and unregulated. And so because I was dealing with a population of people who actually really didn't need the type A stimulation shit, even though they were New Yorkers <laughs> and sometimes thought they did, even though the people that I was teaching didn't really you, you know, need that or they didn't need that, I realized they didn't, I ended up starting to become like really deep into understanding other ways that yoga can be used and needs to be. Well, it's not that it can be used. It's the way it's supposed to be. But in the West... And in the, you know, in the West and in modern times, we, you know, yoga gets turned into a workout. It, it, everything about yoga that's deep and, you know, really physiological uh, on a deep level and the understanding of the nervous system and the brain and, and how yoga can actually like rewire you and, and change patterns and, you know, open up proper energy channels and like all of the deep stuff that, that is what yoga is. Um, in the West, 
we don't always like I not I don't want to say we. It's not always taught that way. Yoga gets taught a lot as a workout, right? And 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 there then in all my years of teaching yoga, there were plenty of people who didn't want to go to a yoga class if it wasn't going to be like hot, sweaty, fast, hard yoga. And I spent many hours of my life telling people that that's not a yoga that that's not a yoga practice. Sometimes a yoga practice is a hot, sweaty, fast thing, um, hard, and sometimes it's not supposed to be. So I went really deep into, into really wanting to be the kind of yoga teacher that could, that really knew how to support my students. And I was getting a lot of private clients, like a lot of people wanting to work with me one-on-one. And, you know, when you teach a group class, you know, if people are showing up for a vinyasa yoga class, which is a flow yoga class, you, you, you know, and you're teaching yoga in a gym, you, you know, you can't walk in and be like, well, I'm not going to teach like, you know, all the, the, I'm not going to teach a, a flowing class. I'm going to teach you relaxation, right? Like you can't like blindside people like that. They have to like choose to come to a practice like that. But what started happening was I started teaching so many people one-on-one and 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 enlightening them and sharing with them all of these other ways that their yoga practice could support them in helping to calm the nervous system down and helping them to achieve you know greater um sent greater space inside of themselves and 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 um and to feel more release and to feel more calm and to be able to be more in touch with themselves and to figure out what to do with everything, with all their thoughts and feelings and emotions, because you need space for that. You can't be contracted, fast, hard, you know, stimulated in order to do everything. You need the opposite. You need to be breathing. You need your nervous system to be calm. You need to feel expansive. You need to be able to release and let go of everything that's being accumulated. And it's not only like energetic, it's also literal. It's physical. It's physical. And, you know, contraction, literal contraction. And what started happening was like all of my private clients, like sometimes I'd show up to someone's apartment ready to like take them through, you know, sun salutations and like all the poses. And they'd be like, you know, I think I really need to do restorative tonight. And I just have to tell you that like, that was felt like the greatest accomplishment to me was was having students and people that I was able to help understand that it was okay to know that what you really needed wasn't your workout, that your, you know, your abs were going to be fine and that your conditioning of your body was going to be fine if one day you didn't do a hard thing and you actually laid the fuck down and like did a restorative yoga pose and did some meditation and breathing and guided relaxation and all of this stuff. And so over the course of 20 years, this has been the evolution of my work, which started from a traumatic act of terrorism that led me to really go down the path of asking myself, what do human beings really need? Like, how does yoga 
and all of these practices and teachings. And then, of course, it's evolved into my coaching. I mean, I'm a high-level mindset coach, um, you know, belief coach. I do all of this work because I am fascinated by and in love with helping people to manage being human. Being human is really, really, really complicated. You've got your own personal shit. You've got your personal thoughts, your personal life, your thoughts about yourself. You've got your family. You've got your, your, your immediate relationships. You've got, maybe you're like me and you've got aging parents or you're not like me and you've got kids. Um, and then we've got our friends and we've got our communities and we've got like our thoughts and purpose and what am I here for? And the conundrum of, you know, of, of just like having existential crises and having love and being hurt and, you know, and, and, and having loss and, um, and, and all of these things. And then you add to it, you add, you just keep adding the layers and the layers and the layers of the things that maybe don't, didn't happen to you directly. And therefore they don't impact you directly, but they're happening and they're happening in your world or they're happening in your community or they're happening, you know, in another state and then eventually in another country. And then eventually like you're realizing that like you have thoughts, feelings, and emotions that go everywhere from like the shit that's in your head, just about you, just about you. And extends all the way out to like people being killed in wars that you don't even know and everything in between and everything hurts and everything takes up space and everything impacts your nervous system. And I sat in yoga classrooms showing up to serve my students, not only to take them through the poses, but to help them manage their emotional, mental, and spiritual, and psychic bodies through hurricanes, literally in this city, tragic, horrible hurricanes that ruined, and Hurricane Katrina, and mass shootings, and acts of terrorism, and fires, and floods, and crimes and horrible things that happen to people literally that I know and then people I don't know. But what was in my city? What was on the TV? What's on the news? What's happening to someone that I know that knows someone? And everyone in my classroom having those experiences. And showing up and having to figure out, like, what the fuck do I do when all of this is happening in the world? There's been a mass shooting. There's been a, a, you know, an explosion. There's been people died. There's this, there's that. It's here. It's in our city. It's in our country. It's in the world. It's in another country. It's somewhere else, whatever. And then you sit down in front of a room full of people who you know are all aware of everything and who are all having an experience, and do you just sit down and go, hey, everybody, let's, you know, welcome to yoga. Let's come into Downward Facing Dog. Or do you say, as the teacher, as the whatever you want to call it, the leader, as the, as the, the person who has assumed the role of, 
you know, of guide, mentor, teacher. I never, ever, ever, ever want anyone to call me a guru or anything. But you sit down and what is your responsibility? And I even feel that now, like as a podcast host or as someone who does sort of head up a community, I value community like in my business. It's like one of my highest values. Like it's so important to me. And that's why all I have are group experiences, right? The Passion and Prosperous Academy, uh, my event. Uh, my event's not only for my clients, the Passion and Prosperous Live. It's for you. If you wanted to come, you were always invited. Um, and, you know, and all of my free things that I do, my workshops, my trainings, my masterclasses, the vibe in those rooms, in those Zoom rooms is very high. And, you know, creating in-person experiences like teaching classes, teaching restorative yoga workshops, teaching deep experiences, combining yoga and relaxation and meditation as a way of getting clear, as a way of getting in touch with authenticity, with how you want to show up in the world, a way of processing, a way of releasing, a way of letting go. And this is the work that I carry through into all of my programs. This is the foundation of the Passion and Prosperous Academy is my Evolve coaching system, which is based in, in yoga, spirituality, and, you know, and high-level coaching um, and neuroscience and brain science, right, and neuro-linguistic programming. Because it is my mission to do just this one thing. And this one thing is to help people to figure out what to do when life feels so hard and that you can't just go and curl up. I mean, you can. You can curl up in a ball for a little while. You can cry. But at the end of the day, I think that the thing that feels really, 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 really confusing is what to do with it. And obviously, if you're someone whose life is that you, you know, get on a plane because you work for the Red Cross or you are, you know, you work for the UN or like if that's your mission, if that's your life, then then you can maybe take physical action. But I know for a fact that a lot of times what we're all left being able to do is what? Donate money, donate stuff, pray, send good thoughts care, try to vote for legislation, <laughs> you know, like what is, what is in our power? What's in our control? Because I, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to say like, I don't have an intention of getting on a plane to the Middle East. Like that's not happening. So what do I do? And I think we have this experience over and over and over and over again as humans. We have the experience of things really fucking sucking and things being hard and things being difficult, whether it's our personal situation or the world at large. And it sometimes feels like we don't know what to do. And then what comes along with that is guilt. Are you allowed to be happy? Are you allowed to like still carry on? Is it okay to like promote your event on social media? Is it, is it okay to keep on going? Is it okay for me to still have everyone go to Passion and Prosperous Live next week? And the answer is yeah. And so, you know, when I was thinking about coming in to do the episode today, part of me was like, I'm not up for it. And then another part of me was like, no, I think I should 
talk about this because I think that it is a big part of what I do. It's not, I don't hope for like wars and acts of terrorism and hurricanes and terror, you know, like horrible things to happen and shootings and and killings and whatever. Um, I don't want that at all. And I also don't want my cat to be in heart failure. And I don't want my, you know, my mom to have her issues. And I don't want anyone that I know to have suffering. And I don't want, you know, my, I don't want my clients to have hard times. And they do. They do. And they show up to our calls. And sometimes the whole time that we're on a coaching call is spent helping them to feel okay with the fact that they couldn't take action in their business because of all of this other stuff that was going on. And then my job is to say, and I don't mean like stuff meaning like the, you know, the Israeli war. I mean like their life, their kid having to stay home from school sick and that threw off the whole day or, you know, or like me having an aging parent that has, you know, that, and many, many times during the pandemic, I had to drop everything to, to, you know, I canceled a program that people had paid for a course that I was going to do in 2022. Uh, you know, I had to cancel it. Cause I was like, I just can't like my mom needs me to be coming back and forth. And I just can't. And on the other hand, and, you know, and, and, uh, and going through like fertility treatments for 10 years and draining all of our accounts and IRA and all this stuff and not having a baby and having miscarriages and failed IVFs and, and at the same time, you know, running a yoga studio, certifying hundreds of yoga teachers, having celebrations and having good things happen. And life is hard, so what are you going to do about it is basically my way of saying, like, there's this really, really, really hard thing to wrap our heads around, and that is what I call the simultaneousness of life. The simultaneousness. The requirement to be able to hold more than one thing at a time. And building up the ability to do that building up the ability to be able to be someone who knows how to manage when life is hard and things are difficult. And I don't mean to override it and just ignore it and be like, come on, buckle up. And you know, like, nah. no, to, to process and go through what you need to go through, to do what you need to do. And at the same time, also know that it's okay to also still figure out how you're going to have your business, how you're going to have your life, how you're going to move forward, how you're going to be happy. And that we have to figure this all out. It's not linear. It's not perfect. It can't be. There's never going to be a time when everyone in your life and your world is going to be good to go. There's no one needs you. There's no responsibilities. You've got nothing going on. Everything is great. You've got so much money and time and energy that you're like, now I can pursue this or that. It's never going to be that way. It's fucking never going to be that way. And so life is hard, so what are you going to do about it? And everything that I teach and do is comes from this, this core understanding that your nervous system was not designed. Human beings, when we, when we, were, when we were created, when we evolved, life wasn't what it is now. And our nervous systems have never been upgraded the way your freaking computer and your phone is. 
A human operating system is the same freaking one that we've had for millions of years. No computer has the same operating system for, well, you know, like we, we, there's a new operating system every year. There are upgrades constantly. Humans don't get upgrades. You have to upgrade your nervous system yourself, your operating system. And a big part of upgrading or, you know, regulating or whatever you want to call it is knowing what to do when, when there are certain times in life when it feels like there's just too much. So you have to make more space and you have to be okay with resting, with, you know, de-stimulating, with doing the practices, whether it's restorative yoga or breathing or meditation or just fucking laying down or just getting more sleep. And it's okay when you're tired. It's okay if you can't keep up everything. And it's also okay to know that you can do the things still that you want to do. I'm not canceling Passion and Prosperous because I've had a a rough week or because of the way things are in the world. I didn't cancel my client sessions. Like, life is life. Life is going on. And that doesn't mean that I, we, you are not at the same time caring, compassionate, affected, emotional, confused. You get to be all of those things and you also get to be okay. You also get to be happy. You also get to do something fun. You also get to carry on. And that can feel really weird and confusing. And I want to acknowledge that because I have been helping, I have been around human beings during all kinds of things like this for 20 years, helping myself and everyone else to figure out how to manage it and what we do. And this is what I've come to. So you can take it or leave it. You can be like, well, you're an asshole or, you know, you can say, wow, that really helps. But I feel like it's what I dedicated a lot of my life, my life to. And when life is hard, so what are you going to do about it? Came to me. It came out of this. It came out of the unbelievable confusion and overwhelm overwhelmment <laughs> that can happen when we're trying to hold many, many different experiences and many different things at once. When our lives are hard or our, or the lives of people around us are hard and then we feel like, oh my God, is it okay for me to just be happy? Is it okay for me to go do my celebration? Is, is it still okay for me to throw my party? And these are things that we like contend with as humans, especially if we're like thoughtful humans and if we are like we really care about people. And I'm a human-centric person. It's like the whole theme of Passion and Prosperous Live is like human-centered businesses. As I've evolved in my business and my messaging and I'm, and I'm, and I'm shoulder to shoulder with other, you know, multiple six and seven and high-level entrepreneurs who are automating their businesses and, you know, and, and really like, like really promoting that. And I'm over here going, listen, I'm not going to say that I'll never automate parts of my business so that I can sell like courses or whatever, but 
I actually don't believe that I can claim to really help people do what I help people do unless I'm the one doing it with them. And I, that may change. Maybe that's a limiting belief. I don't know. But I really believe that. Like, I really believe that if you buy a course from me and do it on your own, I think it's great. I'm a really good teacher. I'm really smart. And I can deliver like, like that. But will that ever replace you getting to talk to me and have me coach you and help you to get to a new way of thinking or being or that I could help you like take action in a way that you wouldn't do unless I was literally there holding your hand, that'll never be replaced. And I don't know if I want it to be. So I'm a human-centered, centric coach, and business owner. And when I really look back at my entire career, that's, that has defined me is people and sitting in the room with people and having us all try to figure out, holy shit, what are we supposed to do right now? What are we supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with this human brain and these feelings and these thoughts and these emotions and the weight, the weight of it? And is it all okay? And so that's what I wanted to come in and talk about today. And what I'm going to say is, Take care of yourself if that's what you know that you need. And if a couple of days goes by and you're not on your A game and you're not like moving and shaking and you need, you know, like I was telling my coach, I left her a message and I was like, um, I, I have this awesome bathtub. And so I was like, I've been taking a bath every single day. Because baths for me are like the minute I start feeling like, uh, I'm like, let me go sit in the bath. And I take a 20-minute bath. I've said that on the show before. But I've been taking a bath. Like, I think the other day I was like, I was going to go take a bath. And I was like, wait, I already took one today. And I was like, I don't know if, if a two-bath day is like sensible. But, you know, take a bath. Get more sleep. Um, you know, do a meditation. I actually sent out to my email list on Monday a meditation that I recorded. That's part of what you get when you work with me in the academy. But I was like, I'm just going to send out this breathing meditation to everyone that's on my email list. So do what you need to do to like unburden your nervous system, to, to calm your shit down, to, to, to be okay, to just let yourself be with whatever's coming through. And it's also okay to then want to figure out how you want to like keep doing what you need to do. And it is okay to do the things you're supposed to do. And it is okay to, you know, it is okay for me to have passion and prosperous life. It better fucking be. And it is okay for people to come to it. And it is okay for us to like do that, even though other stuff is happening in the world. Because there's just not ever going to be a time that there's not stuff happening. And of course, like it escalates and there's varying degrees. But, you know, I have to say, that high-profile stuff gets our attention, but the unfortunate reality is that 24-7, there is some horrible thing happening somewhere in this world, and you just don't know about it. So what are the ways that you regulate or help or take care of your nervous system or take care of yourself so that you can just acknowledge 
that it's not possible for you to like, you're not, you're not a super person. You're not a super person. When there's an escalated time of like a lot coming in, images, news, information, like in real time, you can only deal with so much. And so however that feels to you, for you to do, obviously you can like not pay attention to the news, which is what some people do. I'm not that person because I don't want, I don't, I'm not here to shut off, but I'm here to sort of like process, take care of myself, take care of my community as best as I can. Um, you know, be a beacon, a shining beacon, a person who shows up from, you know, like who can, the only thing I have control over is me and my actions and my come from and my energy and to be a shining light and to be a voice of positivity and to be a cheerleader for everyone around me and to help everybody to believe in things that help them to make sense of the world and life. And so I'll just keep doing that and you can figure out what works for you. And I'm encouraging you to take care of your nervous system and your brain and your body and to know that that's okay to do along with all the other things that you want to do. So I'm wrapping it up. And if you do want to come to Passion and Prosperous Live, like if you hear this on Wednesday the 25th or Thursday the 26th, Um, you can still get a ticket. You can probably still come in person. We have a few seats left in the room. Um, You can definitely come on Zoom. If you don't even know what I'm talking about, uh, you know, there's links to it everywhere. Go to my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com events. Um, It's only $197 to be with us in person uh, in the room for two days. And it's only $97 to be with us on Zoom. And that's what I have for you. So um, I will will be back in your headphones next week, post-event. Um, and I am sending you all the love in the world. Bye. so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.